Creating History. I'm your host, Caitlin. We're going to empower you to create your own history with God. Let's get this journey started. Hey, everyone. I am here today with Crystal. Hey. She actually goes to my church, Relentless, in Springfield, Virginia. Just a little shameless plug for us. And so today we are actually going to talk about her journey moving from Alaska all the way to the DMV area. I absolutely love Crystal's heart. She loves people and God really placed her in my life in a season where I needed someone like her to come in and love me and help me get through things and just really be there as a friend. So I'm really grateful for you. And I am super excited to talk to you today about this. Me too, me too. Before we get started, we're gonna go ahead and set the atmosphere with prayer. So Father, we just thank you for your presence in this place, God. We thank you that you would speak through me and speak through Crystal today, Lord, that your words would flow through us and your presence would be felt wherever this podcast is listened to. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. So go ahead and give us a background of where you come from. I know I mentioned a little bit you're from Alaska, but give us a background of your family and you can even tell us where in Alaska you're from. Yeah, no, all the way from Alaska. So it's really fun to even have this medium of sharing the story. I haven't, I don't share the story often, but... Born and raised in Alaska, so my family homesteaded there in 1939 Mm. before Alaska was even a state. So at the time it was only a territory. And so my family goes way back. We are a pioneering family. Uh, My great-grandmother founded the first church in Homer, Alaska. So there's a heritage there that I know that I daily walk in that that blessing. Mm -hmm. And so I love my family. My dad's a pastor, so I'm a PK. Shout out for all the PKs. (laughs) Um, And so my dad has always been a pastor. Uh, My mom, always a stay-at-home mom. Um, But something unique about my family, my dad is a commercial fisherman. So for a lifestyle, for four months out of the year, he fishes. It's lucrative enough. (laughs) Yeah, it's lucrative enough to where he makes enough money to where he gets to pastor in the winter. And um, it's just been a blessing. And so I love my family and I think the journey to even get to where I am now, there's just so much history in the way that I've had to lay down so much. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I guess that that would be my background. Um, When I graduated high school, I had a desire to serve the Lord. Mm -hmm. And so I went to um, a Bible college in Dallas, Texas, Christ for the Nations Institute. Shameless plug for that too. (laughs) Um, And I encountered the Lord Mm -hmm. in such a way where the Lord became real for me. Mm -hmm. I'm a PK who never even went wayward or kind of wavered. I was kind of probably an anomaly as a pastor's kid. I just stayed the course. And again, that is the Lord's blessing and protection over my life. But when I went to school, I encountered the Lord in such a way where my relationship with the Lord was so personal and I learned how to hear God's voice. Amen. Amen. Did you ever go back to Alaska and live back home after you left or did you stay in, I guess, the the main the yeah. mainland of the U.S.? <laughs> we call uh, it the lower 48, actually. Oh, okay. And so we, we are the upper one. Um, yeah, so I, I went to Bible school kind of with an intention that I would come back, but I never, I guess I never knew. I mm-hmm. was very open to just wherever the Lord would lead me. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I went to Dallas, it was more just the, the perspective that it, this was college. Yeah. Um, but it was during my time in college, kind of nearing the end, where I began to major specifically in uh, the marketplace and business. 
um, is when I really heard the Lord pretty clearly. And it's so important that you hear the Lord's voice and make sure that there's also confirmation where you go and what you do. So moving here to the DMV area, how exactly did that come into play? Yeah, this is probably the meat of my story where I don't share it often and um, I get sometimes pretty emotional about it. Uh, my years in Dallas, um, the Lord gave me a heart for the ending of abortion. Mm -hmm. And many people don't know Dallas is actually where Roe v. Wade was first, um, the case Roe v. Wade was wow. first uh, heard mm -hmm. in the Dallas downtown courthouse. Wow. So, Didn't know that. so my, the way the Lord prompted me mm -hmm. as um, a young single girl um, was a day I can remember like yesterday. He challenged me to go to abortion clinics around Dallas and pray. Mm. Um, he told me to go to the, the closest Planned Parenthood clinic at campus, um, near campus. Come to find out it was 10 minutes away. And I said, well, Lord, what about bring my friends, right? More the better. And he said, no, Crystal, this is an assignment just for you and I. Oh, wow. And so weekly I started to pray at this clinic. And it was kind of in the ghetto, I'll admit. Mm -hmm. And um, there were many times I would go and I would just stay in my car and mm -hmm. pray. Um, and about six months later, I'm still in school, six months later, still doing it, still asking God, do I bring friends with me? And he kept saying no. And I think that that's crucial in just simply obeying the word oh, of the Lord and mm -hmm. just knowing to go with that. And so six months later, I pull into the parking lot. I've been kind of busy. I missed a few weeks, kind of feeling like I want to be faithful with what I'm doing. And I pull into the parking lot and the sign is stripped. And the Planned Parenthood clinic shut up. Wow. And immediately I heard the Lord. I park and just start weeping. And I hear the Lord say, Crystal, this was for you. I wanted to teach you the power of one. Wow. Ooh. And so that was my last year at school. And I just found myself wrecked by that cause. Yeah, yeah. And that's when I began to be introduced to um, a house of prayer that is located here in D.C. on Capitol Hill called Justice House of Prayer. And they have uh, two mandates. One, praying for the end of abortion. Mm -hmm. And two, praying for your governmental leaders. That's yeah. a First Timothy 2 uh, mandate. And so I didn't know anyone. I didn't know this. I didn't know, but I heard the Lord say D.C. Wow. And that when I heard D.C., I thought it was a vacation. I was mm -hmm. like, okay, Lord. Like <laughs> I, I was in the prayer room on mm -hmm. campus, and I heard D.C., and that was all it took for me. Um, and so I came out here and the timing was sooner than I thought. I thought I'd go back home and fish with my dad. That's how I made a living for nine years was fishing with mm -hmm. my dad. And the Lord, again, in the prayer room said, Crystal, I'm asking you to lay down your net and come follow me wow. and I will make you fishers of men. And so ever since, it's been five years now living in D.C. and my mission has been the Lord calling me to be a fisher of men here in D.C., working with the government and praying um, for the end of abortion. Girl, you had, both of us were over here crying. <laughs> I don't know if anyone knows that, but both of us were over here crying. Um, God is just so much on your life. And I'm just so excited to see that unfold. And even this season, she's about to get married, guys. Woo! And 65 yes. days, not counting. <laughs> not counting at all. Um, but I just know that God's going to even expand things within you 
as you step into the marriage covenant. And um, I'm super excited just to be a friend and, and see God do that. But just your heart for the unborn is so, so pure and so beautiful. But just kind of hearing God sending the one. And I we know that God can send the one, you know, that we're supposed to be sold out for Jesus. And, and we don't care about what other people think around us and what other people do, whether they go with us or not. However, a lot of times as Christians, we don't want to do things ourselves. Absolutely. Like we prefer to do things in a group yeah. when a lot of times God wants to check your heart and see that you're in it with him and it doesn't matter if there's other people with you. I think, Caitlin, you're exactly right. And I think, I think for me, that lesson of simply just being obedient to the Lord, praying mm-hmm. by myself at a clinic, was simply the Lord like building history with him. Yeah, yeah. So that by me learning the power of my prayers, mm-hmm. coming to DC in, in the, the fog of just so much power and fame, I don't seek fame, I seek favor with Absolutely. the Lord. Ooh. And I think knowing in my history with the Lord that he heard my prayers. Mm-hmm. There might have mm-hmm. been others praying, but the Lord wanted to teach me that my prayers mattered. Amen. And so I think coming to D.C. and working on Capitol Hill and even just still being part of this house of prayer in D.C., it's so important to remember that other voices don't matter. It's simply what is the Lord saying. Absolutely. And to be in alignment with his will. Because if you're in alignment with his will, everything else is going to fall into place. Absolutely. And because you were in alignment with his will, you're in a place where you're about to get married and you wouldn't have met Jordan Absolutely. if you were not in alignment with his will and heard his voice and obeyed his voice. Absolutely. No, I consider Jordan my gift and reward of just being obedient. Amen. So. Oh, that's so sweet. So what's your process about meeting people in the community that you came into here? How exactly did that happen? I know you talked a little bit about Justice House of Prayer, but was it, were you immediately plugged in with them or was it difficult? How exactly did that happen? Mm -hmm. It was immediate. It was, so I came out here to do an internship with them. It was immediate in that they were completely grafted into just the people I would see every day um, uh, doing prayer sets in the prayer room, right? But again, it was me understanding that J-Hop, Justice House of Prayer, was very much my incoming and it was my launching pad. Mm -hmm. But I knew very clearly the Lord had spoken kind of continually about just political influence. And I think because I knew that, there was a desire in me to breathe the same political air, to be Mm -hmm. on Capitol Hill. And I think that stretched me to seek community outside of that. Um, And all of it is just beautiful. And I think even connecting yourselves with people who are different since I've been working on the Capitol Hill, one of my some of my closest coworkers have been people who are leaning on the entirely different end of the spectrum. But I think it's been so important to even learn from other people in the community you surround yourself with how kind of just intellectual conversation about why we believe what we believe. Absolutely, um, it's been very heated in recent years politically. It's just such a polarized atmosphere specifically here in the nation's capital and so I think it's been crucial for me to find community who can really support me and hold my hands up when I can get so weary and drained by that polarized culture Mm -hmm. and so I think I have I would not emphasize I could not emphasize this enough the importance of covering yeah I think I've had peers but there have been shepherds who have come into my life and been a covering for me Mm -hmm. and learning how to submit and honor authority 
is a lesson that not many, um, and I'll call us out, we're millennials, I'll call us yeah, out, yeah. I think we have a hard time submitting yeah, absolutely. to authority. And I think that's been very crucial for me as I have had no family here. Mm-hmm. And I can testify that when you submit yourself under covering and you put, immerse yourself in a community, the Lord increases your family. Your oh, yeah. family yeah. only gets bigger. Yeah. And so that would be what I would say as far as my five years now being out in D.C., my family has only gotten bigger. That's so awesome. And as far as submission goes, it's a matter of allowing them. You can say you're submitted, but you actually have to do it right. and allow your spiritual authority into your life. Because even for me, mm-hmm. there's been a journey where I've been in my church and know my pastors now for four years. Mm-hmm. But in the beginning, I was not, I would have said I was submitted. However, if you yeah. ask them, they had to pry things out of me and there was no me coming to them and saying, Hey, this is what I'm going through. This is how I need your help. Or can you pray for me? It wasn't that in the beginning. It was more like, Hey, Caitlin, what's going on? We're going to pull this out of you until you tell us. And there are still some things that, that God's working on in me that were a little bit deeper rooted. Mm -hmm. Um, but submission is a two way street. You have to be willing and, completely in it in order for you to get free from anything that you're going through so and and also being submitted under leadership you submit things that you feel and and hear God say Mm -hmm. to your leaders and say hey this is what I'm hearing what do you feel about it you know and and that's that accountability and community you know and there's a proverb, um, I don't know the reference, but, you know, in the multitude of counselors are safety. Yeah. And I think that I have said this time and time again to many people that how important covering is and the multitude of counselors. And so I think that that has been very crucial to my sustainability mm-hmm. here in D.C. So I know you talked a little bit about your intimate time with God, but expand a little bit about how important that is and making the time. I would say the spiritual disciplines of simply uh, prayer, reading the word, even fasting. Um, you know, your veil between here and heaven becomes thinner when you're fasting. Mm-hmm. You can hear the Lord better. Yeah. So developing those disciplines the way I did and the way I allowed them to be worked in me when I was in Bible school um, really set the stage for me to walk out those disciplines here. Mm-hmm. And so there have been seasons where the, I had grace to get up in the middle of the night and pray. Yeah. Um, that's not right now. Like, for this season, that's absolutely not. But um, the dis- I'm a morning person, and I think, you know, others can say otherwise, but I think for me, it is my spiritual food. Mm-hmm. If I'm not feeding my spirit first in the yeah. day, other voices will. And when I walk into work, it's only the media, the, the political voices I hear, I have to feed my spirit first. Yep. And yep. so... Intimacy with the Lord for me ha- uh, can be stewarded differently. Um, I, I journal. I write. Mm-hmm. I hear the Lord best when I write. That's awesome. Um, and so I have a chest, a treasure chest full of journals just from college. Wow. And I think being able, even in my intimate time with the Lord, where I may be doubting or I may be fearful, um, you know, I go back to my journals. Mm-hmm. And I think there's this cultivated, what, it, what it's doing is me going back to my history yeah. with the yeah. Lord. And it's reminding myself. 
And even in a, in a place of prayer, you can remind the Lord. Mm-hmm. You can remind the Lord, Lord, you said this. Lord, you said I was called to D.C. You yeah. said I am called to have political influence. Yeah, and your promises are yes and amen. Right. So <laughs> that builds relationship. Absolutely. And I think if you, and it doesn't have to happen in your morning. It's just what works best for me. But I think that intimate time with the Lord and even times of realizing, you know, the Trinity, like Father, Son, Holy Spirit, they all have different characteristics mm-hmm. that maybe you need to draw from more in one season. Yeah. And from a different season, you know, draw from another. And it's obviously they're all one and the same. But I think that kind of intimacy has been um, dynamic for me um, in a season where it can be, you can be weary. There, you know, so I, intimacy with the Lord can manifest itself just by knowing you need to go outside and go for a walk. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Lord will speak to you. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's going out in the water. Mm-hmm. I've heard the Lord so clearly in times when I'm on the water. I grew up on the water on yeah. my dad's boat, <laughs> so I think I, I can hear very clearly. There's something about solitude, and we don't find that in today's culture. Yeah, especially in this area, I feel like, too. It's very hard because it's so busy and go, go, go. Whereas in Alaska, or even I've gone to visit my best friend in Montana, It there's literally nothing in Montana so like you just have the ability to spend so much time with with God and and hone in on his voice whereas here you have to be so intentional about spending time with him and that's how you create a history with him because like you said you go back and you look at it and like if he did it before he'll do it again you know so that's a good thing to remind yourself of but also remind God like hey I'm standing on this promise. You said I'm going to be a wife. You said I'm going to be a mother. So I'm decreeing and I'm declaring that in prayer. So talk a little bit more about how your family was affected. Um, Because you're you leaving as a daughter. Right. I know that had an impact on your mom and your dad and even your siblings that still live there. So talk a little bit about your family dynamic and how how that changed. Right. Yeah, that's actually something... um, that I still am very tender about. It's something that I still cry about, and it's something I still um, count the cost. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the Lord was very clear to say, your obedience crystal will flow down through your family and bless your family, mm-hmm. if that's a good way to describe it. it will. Your obedience will, will bless your family. Mm-hmm. It won't take away. And so I notice that there's a blessing and there's a reward in the obedience, but knowing that my family is cheering me on, mm-hmm. mo- most, you know, not everyone can say that. Yeah, absolutely. But I think there have been times where I have called on my parents to say, you know, working on Capitol Hill can be so deteriorating in a way. And to have my parents say, well, Crystal, you're an Esther for this time. Mm. You, you know, Joseph was also in the pit for a long time before he got promoted. Yeah. And for my parents to be the one feeding me, they have been my covering. You know, I, I've grown the most spiritually for my family first. Mm-hmm. Not a youth pastor, not, um, you know, others. It was, it's always been my parents. And so to continually have that has been almost like there's been no distance. Yeah. Um, but I have seen my family awaken to even the um, uh, need for intercession and prayer for, for our nation. I've seen my parents go 
to an extreme high in, in carrying this nation in prayer. That's so awesome. And I think that is part of the blessing that the Lord promised me is that yeah. my family will be blessed. That is amazing. So what would you tell someone who God told to move or just take a giant leap of faith and they aren't sure how to go about it? Well, I would say this. If you feel like you're hearing the Lord tell you that, there's probably some history there already with your ability to just really yield and submit to just what you think he's saying. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would probably assume that there's some history there. Um, you know, we referred to the proverb where there's safety in the multitude of counselors. I'd go mm-hmm. to your covering. Um, I would set time aside to pray um, and say, okay, well, Lord, if you're saying this, what are your promises about this? Yeah. To continually build that history. Because what you need is you need content. You, mm-hmm. need, you need stuff. You need ammo for when you actually go into your mission field. Absolutely. There are times I still go back to you know my own time with the Lord at school. And at that point, the Lord said, you're saving up now for what you're going to need to withdraw from later. Mm. And so I think if you are going to do something that will be, you know, you need to count mm-hmm. the cost. There's going to be a lot of sacrifice to it. Go to your covering, but build content and history then yeah. and hearing the Lord. And you know what? Sometimes the Lord will only speak a little until you kind of obey that first step, but the Lord will always speak. He's always speaking. And there would be no confusion if it was God. Uh, go into the secret place with the Lord, hear him. He'll always be speaking. Yeah. And so stick in that place and you won't be bored. Amen. Amen. Cause God is not boring everyone. <laughs> if you are listening, you think God is boring reevaluate. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I've really enjoyed just hearing your testimony and I'm so excited what God's doing in your life and just seeing you run after God and on Capitol Hill and just being like in the trenches of what God's doing in our nation's capital. And that expands to our entire nation and even to the world because there's so much influence in our nation's capital. So you are right in the middle of that. And God trusts you. Like, he really trusts you all the way back to to Dallas days. Crystal, you have anything else to say? No, I just, I hope it's encouraging for those who listen. Go, go pray. Go pray. Step out. Leave your family if you're called to. <laughs> it will be great if God told you to. Yep. But if God told you to stay where you're at, myself, <laughs> then stay where you are. <laughs> So just be obedient to his voice and it turns out beautiful. Thank you guys for listening. Head over to our website, creatingyourhistory.com to check out the blog for this episode and others. Make sure to subscribe, share, and rate us. We love you and we look forward to sharing next week's episode with you.